Welcome back to the RSM MBA program podcast. In today's podcast, we will be talking to Peter Drake. Peter is one of our current global executive MBA candidates, and he's a senior global executive leader with over 17 years of experience in building and leading diverse, engaged, and high-performance teams across international markets. And today we'll be looking back on his global executive MBA journey so far. So can you share your story with us, first of all, like your personal, professional background, living in the UK, etc.? Yeah, sure. So um, I was born in, in the United Kingdom and, and raised in a port city called um, Southampton, which is on the south coast of England. Um, similar to Rotterdam, it's a port city, but maybe a bit smaller in, in scale. Um, but it's it had, uh, port cities around the world um, all have a similar vibe. So it's, it's great to be in, in Rotterdam. Um, uh, working and studying, actually. Uh, my, my background, my mum and dad, uh, so my mum was a, a nursery nurse, what you, what you would probably call a kindergarten uh, assistant, um, and my dad was, uh, was a stevedore and crane driver. So I have uh, quite a blue-collar background, actually, and, um, and, a, and a rich family life. My, my, uh, my mum's side, I have uh, five aunties and, and two uncles and many, many cousins. So, um, yeah, childhood was really a magic time for us, you know, growing up together. And uh, football was a big part of my life and, and still is. I'm a huge fan. But as, as a kid, I used to, I used to play um, fairly, fairly high standard. And it was almost always my dream to be a professional. Uh, but it was unfortunately unrealized. I ended up pursuing a, a career in business. But, um, yeah, it was a very, very happy childhood uh, with many fond memories, actually. Uh, after school... Uh, I moved to London uh, to to read history, and uh, history has always been an, an ac- academic or intellectual passion of mine. I love history. I listen to podcasts. I read a lot about history. I'm still fascinated by it now. Uh, so it's really um, a pleasure to read history um, at, at university and do that. Um, after graduation, I travelled, um, did a gap year, and uh, travelled around the world and, <laughs> and met my two B wife, uh, Natalie, in Australia. And um, we travelled around uh, Southeast Asia together, actually, uh, for a few months. It was a, a wonderful period, I think, in both of our lives. And then, um, you know, I guess then reality kicks in and, you know, I start, start, started my professional life um, in the port of London, actually, in, in East London. Um, that's where I, where I started uh, back then. And um, I worked there for a few years and end, ended up joining uh, AP Molomers Group in the city of London. And um, I've just closed the book on a 17-year career with, with them and, you know, lots of foreign travel, including seven years in Spain where we raised our two daughters and um, for the last six years here in the Netherlands. So it's been an awesome ride, yeah. So you were in, you raised your kids in Spain, you said? Yeah. Oh, that's so yeah. nice. And yeah. you've already... You'd already have uh, over 17 years of work experience. What made you decide to pursue an MBA in this stage of your career? Yeah, I think after 17 years in in functional areas of business, you you become a, a specialist. But you know your your business acumen and your business experience, you know, it can become quite narrow. So the reason I pursued an MBA was to get a broader broader education. Um, having spent the majority of my career in operations, it was you know more to learn about different aspects of the business world. 
So, for example, we've just finished our, our global marketing module, and that was really like a, a steep learning curve for me, and it was it, it's been fantastic. But it's not an area of business that I spent a lot of time in. So, being curious about that side of of the business world, and really sort of to broaden my experience and my knowledge. Yeah. Exactly. I was going to say it was like it's like expanding your your horizon. Yeah. Like broadening. Oh, yeah. 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 Broadening your horizons. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great way yeah. to put it. And and prior to starting this journey. Did you already have any expectations? Yeah, I, I knew it would be a, a steep learning curve because, you know, it's been 20 years since I was at university. So it's quite daunting, I think, at first. So I was expecting it to be, yeah, uh, an amazing experience with lots of learnings. And, and so far, that's certainly been the case, yeah. And, and how has it been so far? You already said it a little bit but can you maybe elaborate on the good the challenging um, things that you learn about yourself for example I think one of the great things about the course itself is the amazing faculty that you that you work with and, and partner and collaborate with and you know I've already started that journey with faculty but but also with the co- the broader cohort group you know I think that's r- that's really where uh, the learning is in, in, and in groups together working through these assignments, it's been a really cool, cool experience. Um, but I think we learn, exchange knowledge and, and learn from each other in the classroom, but also together as, as classmates. So that's been that's been great. I mean, the challenging part, as always, is time management and and slowing down. Like uh, maybe my maybe my classmates would tell, tell me that you need to speed up. But. You know, I think to do quality academic work, you really need to activate the a different side of your brain and and slow down and t- and take time to do the the reading to really broaden broaden your knowledge and and deliver great work. So, slowing down as well has been a bit of a challenge. Because in in when you're just like working, it's usually go go go. <laughs> yeah. And then you, all of a sudden you are diving deeper into certain stuff. So I can totally um, imagine that it takes slowing down. It's actually focus, and and when you look at your career, did you maybe already uh, notice any shifts or any changes in your view of your career? And maybe like also looking at the future, are there any shifts in your view of it? Yes, I think again we're back to um, a common theme of sort of broadening your horizons and broadening your understanding and then I think that enables you to make a broader contribution at, at sea level and collaborate with colleagues on a on a different level I mean modern business really is you know all about collaboration and um, you know I think the MBA gives you uh, gives you that that um, capability you know to sit down and collaborate with your colleagues on on different aspects of the business and and grow it together so to make a a broader contribution I think yeah so of course there are different um, professional backgrounds you all have different expertises right how does that uh, add value to the collaborations I think it blends really well and I think you know one aspect of leadership that's you know research has been done on but we we often don't talk about is you know sometimes you need to to listen and you know be humble and you know it's really an exchange of knowledge and and ideas and there'll be areas of business where you have experience and and background and and there you should you know help help people grow their own knowledge base but oftentimes we can't all be experts in everything so you need to be humble and and curious and and listen more yeah 
looking at, at the year to come of your Gemba, are there any things that you're already looking forward to, plans that you have for 2024 within the program and outside of the or outside of the program? Yeah, like everybody else, I think, after spending um, so much time in, in lockdown during COVID, I'm really looking forward, <laughs> as much as I love living in Europe, um, getting out of Europe next year. And that's one of the reasons why I joined the Gemba program specifically, was to learn about how business is uh, conducted uh, in different markets and overseas, and to really learn about that and, you know, learn more um, culturally too. So I'm very excited to be going to Singapore in February in the new year uh, via Qatar. So it'll be the first time for me in the Gulf. Um, my wife is going to join me and um, we're really, really looking forward uh, to that. Then I have some personal travel that I'm, that I'm doing. I'm doing a road trip in the, on the US West Coast in March. And um, I think then shortly after we'll be in Stockholm for our, for our second uh, global um, experiential learning visit. So lots of travel in the, in the first half of next year, and I'm really, really excited uh, for that. Yeah, Yeah. last year, the Stockholm uh, trip was uh, amazing. So I heard a lot of good experiences about that. Um, I want to ask you about the sustainable development goals. Of course, there are 17 of them. Looking at them, if you had to choose one, which one would you choose and can you maybe share why? I'm happy you didn't ask me to name all 17 because oh, no. it might have been a struggle. But um, I think the obvious one is eradication of poverty. But I think particularly this year, I would probably go for peace, security and, and uh, social institutions. I mean, we, we still have a major conflict in Russia and Ukraine that is um, unresolved. And, you know... Very recently, we have the, the the tragedy that's unfolding in Gaza. And, you know, I think so if I was to choose one, then I would probably choose an end to both of those conflicts and the world to come back to some sort of uh, some sort of peace. But I also think that we also have a year of elections um, next year across Europe, but also across the world. And, you know, I, I don't think in, in the democratic West we should take our, our social institutions, our political institutions for, for granted. Um, you know, we need to nurture those things. We need to uh, invest in, in them, believe in them. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it's difficult to choose one. Uh, but if I was to choose one for this year, it would be, uh, it would be that one. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, for people that are considering doing their global executive MBA, do you maybe have any um, any advice that you would like to pass on to them? Yeah, think it through because it's um, it's a major decision. <laughs> uh, it's a major investment in time and in energy, and um, also financially. If you're self-funding like I am, then you know it's a big financial commitment. So you need to, um, like anything, I, I guess in life, you need to what you put into it you get out of it and you know th really think it through i would say it's it's a major it's a major decision and it's probably not one that you should take lightly but i, w I can highly recommend it and also i can highly recommend the gemba program at, at rsm it's been really a transformative experience for me already so um yeah think it through but and uh, but not too hard go for it <laughs> Thank you so much. I love that you already shared that. And I would love to talk to you again um, when you're further along in the journey to see how you look back on what your experience was like. So, Peter, thank you so much for that advice, for your insights and for sharing your own 
personal view and your own personal uh, story. Thank you. Thank you, Helda.